Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. I am your host, Jared, and I'm alongside a new co-host. I'm so excited to get to that in just a moment. I want to mention that every episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels, and we're going to be talking about Mickey Travels quite a bit in today's episode. And I also want to mention, as I always do, that every episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is going to be released on Fridays. So definitely make sure to check us out, whether it's on YouTube or whatever platform you typically listen to your podcasts. We want to thank you for joining another fun episode. Today's episode is co-hosted alongside myself with Alyssa Antonelli, who is the owner of Mickey Travels. We previously had Alyssa on, and what many people don't know is that uh, Mickey Travels, and I'm sure many people do know, but, but what is important to know here and why she's on the Mickey blog podcast is because Mickey travels and Mickey blog are basically all a part of the same umbrella, same partner, same, same everything. So that's very exciting. We're super excited to have her on. We're going to have lots of fun, unique guests as we always do in future episodes of the Mickey blog podcast. And going forward, we're also going to have different co-hosts and different members of the Mickey blog team that will join myself on this podcast as we talk all things Disney and uh, just so excited to continue uh, continue the fun journey. So, Alyssa, how are you doing today? Hey, Jared. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be part of the Mickey Blog Podcast again. Um, <laughs> this time, I guess I'm a co-host. Last time, I was a guest. So, I guess I'm wearing a different hat today. Not, not really wearing any <laughs> hat, but you know what I'm saying. Figurative hat. But I'm really excited. I'm uh, thrilled to kind of talk about all things Disney and all the exciting things coming up. Absolutely. We got a really fun episode today. Um, what's unique and uh, exciting about having Alyssa on this podcast is Alyssa, beyond being a part, she is a part of the Mickey blog team, just so everybody is aware, but her her background, her expertise is planning and booking Disney trips. And uh, how long have you owned and, uh, you know, been overseeing Mickey Travels, Alyssa, just just for our listeners who maybe didn't catch you as a guest on our previous episode about Mickey Travels. Absolutely. So Mickey Travels just turned 12 years old in January. So now we're 12 years old in a couple of months. And I have obviously been part of it since day one, um, obviously alongside Greg. I guess everybody kind of knows who Greg is too, obviously. Um, <laughs> but it's been a great journey. Um, it's uh, been a magical journey. Um, we are so blessed with our Mickey Travels family. We have the best agents in the business. I say that really confidently, not in a, you know, sort of cocky way, but a real confident way. They are the absolute best, most experienced, most passionate, and they care so much about the clients because that's number one. Number one are the clients, period. They are what make Mickey Travels what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's uh, what's really special and unique about working here for Mickey Blog for me is, um, you know, getting to know our sort of partners over there at Mickey Travels and how it all sort of coexists and works together. What's unique about Mickey Blog is is for for many people who might not know how this industry works, uh, a little insight from your pal Jared, but basically. Uh, many Disney blogs are partnered with with travel agencies, and what's so great about Mickey Blog is we're sort of under the same umbrella. It makes us unique, and we're allowed to, you know, coexist and promote each other uh, to the best of our abilities. But we're not promoting something 
that we know nothing about. Like I know these travel agents as people and I've gotten to know them and they're great. They're great people and they're great people who want to help. So I'm not just trying to promote in this episode and every episode when I talk about Mickey travels, I'm not just, you know, promoting a, a, you know, a really cool sports drink brand that I think tastes good. No, I'm promoting something that I know works and I believe in. So that's what I think makes our sort of partnership unique. But let's jump right into this episode um, because today on the Mickey Blog Podcast, we're talking all things Walt Disney World deals and booking your 2024 trips. Not to mention, we're going to talk about what's to come in 2024 in regards to experiences and things you should be looking forward to at Walt Disney World and the Disney parks in general. And we're also going to start today's episode by talking about summer because we are coming up on summer. It is right around the corner and, you know, it's it's obviously very exciting. So let's jump right into it. Alyssa, I want to talk about, you know, summer 2023 because obviously Disney announced quite a few promos, deals, and uh, great offerings. So, you know, before we get into the specifics about that, um, and you'll be able to explain those promos to our listeners, um, why do you think summer is a great time to visit Walt Disney World? So summer, to be very honest, before we moved down to Florida and our kids were a little younger, that was our time to come to Walt Disney World with our three kids. Um, School, you know, kind of... um, wasn't the best time to get them out of school. Um, some parents think it's fine. That's great. Uh, we were kind of those parents who were like, oh, I don't want to take my kids out of school. Um, and then my, not to bore you guys, but I had um, a couple of my kids were in travel across. So then that sort of like factored into it. So it was sports, it was school and summer just worked for us. Um, but what I loved about summer is, and I know everybody's listening to me going, what about that Florida heat? right? Because everybody knows how hot it is in Florida. Well, I can tell you I came from New Jersey and it was pretty hot in New Jersey in the summer too. But um, what I love about summer, you know, I should say Walt Disney World in the summer is number one, um, you don't have to worry about your kids missing school if that's something that is a worry or a factor. And I'm not saying it is for everybody, but it is for many. Um, Also, the crowds are lower, uh, which Mm -hmm. is great because let's be honest, there used to be you know, years ago, there used to be little snippets of time that people used to say, this is the best time to visit Walt Disney World. The crowds are low. Uh, you know, that doesn't really exist much anymore because people come all the time now, which is wonderful. We love that. Um, but I definitely think it's a, it's a better time because the crowds are lower. Um, what I also love is those amazing water parks that are open at Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World resorts have some of the best pools that I've ever seen from all the way from deluxe to moderate to value. They all have amazing pools. So there's a lot of ways to keep cool. And the one thing I've always said, and I said this to my own family as we went in the summertime, every restaurant, every store, almost every attraction, every resort is heavily air conditioned. So you can always escape by going in and going into the Emporium and you know, doing, just getting yourself cooled off and do a little shopping, um, you know, go into, you know, someplace, um, you know, wait in line at uh, an attraction that's going to be indoors. So there's a lot of escapes from that heat. Um, I definitely wouldn't say the heat is a, is a reason not to come. I think there's a lot of reasons to come. And the last thing I'll say is, while summer is, I want to say, is about three and a half weeks away, um, 
something like that. Um, summer has started for many people in the country with their kids out of school. So it's a great t- summer is here. So it's a great time to book that trip. There's a lot of availability at the resorts and um, we're here to, to get you there. Yeah, I think that's that's really all all very true. I think with so many people when they're planning a Disney trip, you're you're looking from the perspective of okay, before you even start, before you even start planning the specifics, you want to make sure it's a good time for everybody to go. You want to make sure everybody can actually attend the trip and you know, that only gets more and more complicated as your kids get older and they have different things because as you were saying, it's like you know, when your kids are involved with sports or after school activities, it gets tricky. So summer is unique in that way where, you know, you can kind of avoid that, you know, maybe not for everybody, like you said, but it's, it's a huge perk of being able to go during that time of year. And what's interesting to me is so many people consider, oh my gosh, summer, everybody's off. So everybody's going to go. That's not necessarily true. It, it is a great time to go for crowd levels. And, um, you know, and as Alyssa was saying, so, huge misconception. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. Like I can't go. I, I really hate to say this to you folks, but it's hot in Orlando all the time. I mean, literally I have been in the parks in February and it's been like 98 degrees. Okay. So you can, you can maybe catch a good week in January or February or something, or, you know, maybe November you catch a windy week, but it's always going to be hot. So being able to go during a time of year that works for you is is really what's important. So, you know, beyond that and getting more into specifics about summer 2023, because, you know, there's a lot going on with that. I did want to ask you next, Alyssa, like what sort of promos and what are the deals going on? Because we did mention them and we did discuss them a little bit um, in a previous episode, but I want to, you know, have you as someone who's obviously you know, helping people plan these trips and book these trips, uh, talk about them in a little bit more detail about the promos going on this summer. Yes. Yeah, so again, you know, in addition to all the benefits of coming during the summer, there, there are savings to be had as well, which is amazing. Um, so you get to, you know, make the memories and the magic with your family and you save a little money at the same time, which we're all, you know, trying to save some money as we, you know, go along through life. Um, so there actually is a really good uh, summer room promotion for the latter part of the summer. Um, so for August and September, um, savings are up to, up to 35%, which is amazing. So that means, you know, that doesn't mean, by the way, if anyone's listening, oh my gosh, it means no park tickets. No, you, it's a percentage off the resort room. And then you can add tickets to that and make it a package. Mickey Travels can help with all of that. Um, you know, there's nothing that pleases us more than being able to get our clients to save money. Um, it really is. And I know that sounds a little bit off, like, well, doesn't that affect your bottom line? You know what? At the end of the day, our clients come first. And we treat our clients' vacations like they're our own. And who doesn't want to save money? So that's always our goal. Um, so definitely, you know, um, being able to save, you know, some great, great discounts uh, the latter part of the summer. Um, and there are still some promotions for annual pass holders for Florida residents as well. So that's another thing for the summer to consider. If you do live in Florida, want to come visit, if you're an annual pass holder, you're going to save some money as well on rooms. Um, and right now there's currently um, a four park uh, magic ticket 
which is also something that people have been pretty excited about. Um, it does have its limitations to be very fair in terms of you can, it's a great, it's a great discounted ticket. Um, you are limited to one park per day for four days. And you, so you can't double up on your favorite park. Um, there is no park hopping with it. So again, it has its limitations. I think it also has its place for people that, you know, know that that fits into the model of what they're looking for. Yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's really a good point. I, you know, truly the 35% off resort rooms is also like something to really, you know, sort of harp in on because, you know, resorts, it's, it's no secret that, you know, what's, what I think is great about the Walt Disney World resorts specifically is there really is something for everybody. Um, but with these sort of promotions that go on, it also allows a family that maybe if they had a budget specifically for, you know, a value resort or a moderate resort, maybe they're able to justify bumping up one, which, which is a huge deal for families because, you know, there's so many families out there that, you know, they're, they stick to what they're able to do and that's perfectly okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the end of the day. I love to see families of all backgrounds and of all different budgets, you know, and everything be able to attend the Disney parks because it's exactly what Walt originally wanted and what he intended on. Um, and that's what makes the resort tier so, so great. So that's a really great promotion in general, but, you know, we talk a lot about booking, obviously when it comes to, well, we're going to talk a lot about booking when it comes to this episode being that, you know, you, you're, uh, you own Mickey Travels and and you work with so many great agents who help book these Disney trips for people. But, you know, a lot of people wonder about booking earlier on as opposed to later on. I think that's one of the bigger questions or, you know, sort of topics that people ask and wonder about. So I guess what I wanted to ask you and, and get your opinion on here is why booking a Disney trip early and earlier, the better, basically, like early is the smart way to go. Like what, what do you think, um, you know, comes to mind when I ask that? Um, so I get that question a lot. Cause a lot of people think, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm going in, I'm thinking about going in six months. I have all the time in the world. No, you don't. Um, so I think the real factors, um, probably the biggest factor that comes to mind with booking early is getting the resort that you want which is something you just mentioned a couple of minutes ago. Um, some of the resorts, and I can name some of them, they go very fast. They're the most popular resorts, um, you know, based on convenience, based on their pools, based on their location, based on their amenities. Um, they're going to go quickly. And we see that over and over um, where people wait to book and then they want a resort and it's full. Um, and then they have to settle. And, you might think that there's no selling at Disney, but if you have your heart set on a resort and you can't stay there, or your kids really love the pool there, it becomes a disappointment because it's not what you were expecting. Um, I think the other factor um, would also be the dining reservations. Um, now, certainly we don't book dining as far out as we used to. We used to book them 180 days out uh, prior to COVID, prior to closure, and now it's 60 days. Um, so you know, that is definitely not as much time, but I will say, I'm sure everyone knows there are restaurants that are super, super popular and everybody wants them, right? Like we all know, just to name a couple, Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest and, um, 
you know, Space 220 and Chef Mickey's, everybody wants them. Um, so, you know, if you want to get those, you know, um, I guess coveted restaurants, um, it really is great to book ahead of time and then let your Mickey travels agent wake up really early and try to get them for you. So I would say those are the two biggest factors in terms of why it's, why it's great. And the best part about it is, um, for Walt Disney World, it's a $200 refundable deposit up until final payment 30 days prior to check-in. So to me, I don't like to ever really say money is equal to everybody. I don't want to say $200 is a drop in the bucket because it's not for everybody. But when you know that you're not going to risk it, that you can get it back if something should happen, why not put that money down and you know get that resort you want, get that those dining reservations you want. And if something should change, it changes. But this way, you know, you're not waiting for something to happen. You're making something happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, with so many people when it comes to, you know, planning a Disney trip, I get a lot of people that I speak to often about, oh my gosh, do people really reserve a restaurant 60 days in advance? Or do they, are they really planning that far in advance? Like, Yes, absolutely. It used to be 180. I know, <laughs> exactly. People were like, I don't know what I'm having for dinner tonight. You know, yeah. how do I know in six months? I'm like, you trust me, you'll be happy that we did it. And they always yep. are. <laughs> and I remember my mom, for example, when I was a kid, I remember her being on the computer 180 days out, mm -hmm. you know, getting ready to book dining reservations. And I remember thinking back then, like, oh, that's kind of crazy. And then the six months go by and then you're sitting at, these amazing restaurants that you somehow book to fit in perfectly with your trip. And I'm like, you know, maybe my mom isn't so crazy after all. No, but <laughs> it, it's this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I exactly. think planning in advance is such a, is such an important factor when it comes to planning your Disney trip. And I, Absolutely. and I just believe more and more people, um, you know, if there's one piece of advice they can get from this episode specifically, especially having Alyssa on who has such a great background in planning trips, it's, it's really like, try to remember that planning ahead of time and, and utilizing an agent, like one of our great agents over at Mickey Travels can really make such a massive difference in your trip. Because if you try to do it on your own, and you try to book a dinner you really want a week before like you know you don't be surprised when unfortunately it's not there and and that can that can really make or break a you know a maybe a happy memory that you really didn't expect to have so and the other thing jared if i might just jump in because i do think this is such a really important part of mickey travels um so you mentioned about you know working with mickey travels and you know agents and they are the best um in addition our services are 100 free to our clients yeah. Um, and most people might think, well, isn't that true for all travel agencies? No, it's not. I'm not going to single any, any travel agency out. Not my intentional. I'm only going to speak on Mickey travels, but I can tell you that it costs no more for someone to have all the experience, all of the guidance, all of the work done by their one-on-one -on -one Mickey travels agents. It's always going to be the same contact and it's going to be exactly the same cost. So kind of a no brainer. We've always sort of felt that way. Um, and we're really proud that we are 100% Disney, you know, that we're first of all, 100% Disney only, but also 100% free Disney planning. Um, and we have been that way since day one. And we're just really proud that we don't charge our clients anything for what we offer them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's extremely important to point out because 
you know, I've spoken about Mickey Travels lots of times on this podcast, on the live streams that I've hosted around the parks and, and other times when I'm out and about on social media or anything for the Mickey blog team. And, you know, oftentimes I'll mention it's 100% free to you. And, and they're so, I've gotten a lot of comments and questions being like, what do you mean it's free? And like, I think it's hard sometimes for people to believe that, but it's, it's absolutely true. It, it's not coming at an additional cost to you. It is included. And so my thought with that is like, why book on your own when you could have this incredible extra resource, take away, save yourself some time, some energy, and know that this person actually cares and wants to really take care of it. It's it's a world of a difference. It really is. So, Absolutely. I mean, so let's talk about a few more things regarding summer before we jump into the second half of our episode where we focus more on 2024 and what's to come. Because I think a lot of people want to know, you know, okay, if I'm going to visit Walt Disney World in the summer, like what are some things that I can do to sort of, I don't know, make it better for me or make it easier. Regardless, Alyssa talked about it a little bit earlier when it came to, you know, the great water parks or the pools or things like that. Um, but I guess what I'm asking is like, what comes to mind for you, Alyssa, when you think about, uh, you know, specifics and how coming during the summertime can be, you know, such a great thing? Because for me, I love, I love the Disney water parks. You know, I love both of them and I love a lot of the pools. You mentioned that earlier. It is so true. I think the Disney resort pools are some of the better resort pools you're going to find anywhere on the planet. I've been to a lot of resorts who have that little rectangle pool with the indoor, half indoor, half outdoor situation. And you're kind of scared to go in the bathroom. Like, you know, <laughs> that that's not what you're getting. I mean, every single resort has a unique themed pool and and some of them really like almost take your breath away in a way i mean to be honest with you you know obviously i mentioned all of the the reasons that i think summer's a great time to visit um one of the things that i'll just speak on a personal level um what we loved so much was that we were so excited after a long school year right you know especially you know i'm just gonna say this if you're in a place where there's snow and ice and cold. Um, you know, you're over it, right? I mean, well, some people, I guess, look watching are like, I love cold and I love, it's great. Awesome. I'm not one of them. <laughs> um, so, you know, I was excited about the longer days and the warmer, the warmer weather. Um, so coming this summer was something that it was a yearly thing for our family and something that we always looked forward to. And I feel like that's something that's kind of cool that, you know, in addition to all the benefits and the positive things that I mentioned already about visiting Walt Disney World during the summer, but just, you know, something to give your kids after a long school year. It doesn't matter if they're in second grade, sixth grade, high school, college. It really doesn't matter. It's a, it's a getaway. It's an escapism. It's an immersive vacation unlike any other. And just to be able to have that to look forward to after a, you know, a school year, a uh, lot going on, like you mentioned, sports and and classes and all the things that go along with it. It's just a really great thing to sort of, you know, tie up the that year and sort of say, okay, now let's go enjoy as a family. And and one last thing I want to say is, and you mentioned this too, you know, I think throughout the school year, everybody's running in a different direction, right? Mom's taking 
this one here and dad's taking this one here and maybe eat dinner together once a week, a couple times a week. You're grabbing McDonald's on the way home. Um, what's great about, about Disney is that craziness. And I get it. It's all of our lives. That craziness exists. You know, it's the time that we eat together, that we enjoy attractions together, that we swim together, that we laugh together, and then we make memories together and, and have all the pictures to prove it. Um, and I feel like that is something that is just so unique to Walt Disney World and Disney destinations that, and I really have to say, I think that's what Walt envisioned Disneyland to be when he created it. Um, and that's, so I just think after all the, we're never together, isn't it really fun to kind of put that aside for five days, seven days, whatever it is, and just have that together. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's an extremely good point. And, you know, not to bring up a previous episode here, but we actually had uh, Disney author Daniel Miller on who wrote the book Drinking at Disney World. And he's like an expert on all things Disney lounges and, and Disney bars and everything. It was a very fun episode for those of you who didn't listen or watch it, go check it out. But what Dan was talking about on that episode was how his ideal day at Disney and his favorite way to do Disney is, is when you specifically are staying at a resort is going to Disney, doing some rides for a little bit, taking that midday break at the pool for a little bit, and then maybe coming back, you know, during the summer months, I always find that to be much more doable and like realistic where, you know, if you're coming during, you know, let's say peak season during the holidays, when so many people are around, you're one, you're not going to find shorter wait times. And two, it's just not feasible to try to navigate those crowds, try to leave for a few hours and then try to come back where when you're able to, when it's especially when the, the, the temperatures are hotter, um, you know, being able to take advantage of like, okay, let me go, let me go enjoy the pool for a little bit. And then I'm going to come back at nighttime when it's cooling down anyways. Like that's a great time of year to do that. And, you know, that's, that's just something I wanted to, wanted to briefly mention because everybody's got their own way of doing a Disney trip. And I also feel more than anything, you know, I I've talked about the pool several times already, but you know, when you're looking at a Disney trip and when you're thinking about how you want to go about your week, I look back on my memories with my family and sometimes those pool days where you're just hanging out at your resort pool end up sticking with you more than the park days so in the long fun. run. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, you know, so being able fun. to enjoy that because not, it, I mean, even if you go back home, wherever you're living, and let's say there's a pool or a beach in your community, you're not going to be able to enjoy that kind of a pool and that kind of an atmosphere. And sometimes the kids absolutely love those days. So, And I think it's important to also say, you know, um, as far as the resort, we've always felt, my family, uh, I share this with my clients, there is such a thing as a Disney bubble. It does exist. It's it's a bubble. And, you know, I don't want to say anything negative about people staying off property, but don't do it. Stay on property. You know, that's why there's value, moderate and deluxe resorts, different price points. You don't have to stay at the Grand, Grand Floridian. You, you know, you can stay at Pop Century um, and you're still going to be part of the Disney bubble. You're still part of the, the magic. You don't ever leave it. And I do agree with you, especially I'm a big fan of the take a midday break, even in January. Yeah. Um, personally, you know, but specifically during, especially I should say during the summer, got to do it, you know, yeah. get the, get it, get out while it's cool, you know, ride those attractions, have fun, you know, 
eat, eat lunch in the park, eat lunch back at the resort, swim, relax, let the little kids have a nap. And then, you know, I've always said there's a huge difference between Disney day and Disney night. And mm. if you, you know, sometimes if you go nonstop, you unfortunately can't make it to the end of the Disney night. So, you know, if you take that little break, you kind of, I always say kind of shutting down the engines and then being able to make it for the Disney night with fireworks and, you know, um, just the experience. Disney night is a completely different experience from Disney day. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, it's funny. I have like separate parks that I love during the day and parks that I love at nighttime. You know, it, it's kind of ironic in that way. But mm -hmm. for example, like I love Disney's Hollywood Studios, but to me, there's nothing better than going to Hollywood Studios in the evening when I can go down Sunset Boulevard and, and listen to the music when all the lights are up. And it feels much more like classic Hollywood to me. And there's there's an atmosphere to that. Or Galaxy's Edge looks totally different at nighttime than it does during the day. And same thing as Pandora. Like, you know, so it's important to get that sort of nighttime park in. And if you try to do, I mean, Alyssa knows she's a mom. If you try to do those 14, 15 hour days with little ones, it doesn't work. It's not always going to work out for you. So, no. you know, those breaks sometimes are just as important. Disney meltdowns are real. <laughs> Disney, <laughs> that's really the, way, the point of this for, episode. For adults as well. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know there have been times and Greg can, you know, can see to this where I've been super cranky at night because we've gone, gone, gone. And I just realized if I had that little break in the middle of the day, laying by the pool or grabbing lunch, but you know, just that, just that shutdown and restart, um, I'm a different person. And so I'm an adult. Can you imagine? I'm not even talking about like a <laughs> three-year-old. Oh, and it also, you know, one of the things, one final little mention here before we jump into the second half of our episode, yeah. it's like, you know, you can take advantage of where your Disney resort is. You know, if you are going to Epcot for the day, you're going to be much more inclined to let's go say, take a three or four hour pool break. If you're staying at one of the, the boardwalk resorts or the Skyliner resorts, because it's going to be a lot easier for you to get back to Epcot or back to Hollywood studios, or, you know, same goes for the magic kingdom and those resorts around the contemporary. If you have a resort at the Polynesian for a week or, you know, Heck yeah, go take a few hour break midday, go back to that amazing pool and you can take a boat right back. It'll, it's not going to take you long. So that's something that is important to remember. Um, Convenience is, I'll just end it here because I know you want to jump into that. We're excited about our second half of this um, show, but I will say this. Um, I get this question a lot through the years, you know, ah, I, you know, it's where I put my head down at night. Does it really matter where I, where I stay? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, everybody has a budget. Everybody has a price point. So no, the answer is, you know, stay on property. That's the big thing. But when people say to me, what am I paying for when I stay on a monorail resort or over at one of the Epcot resorts? I mean, obviously there's multiple things we could go into. We don't even have enough time. But if there's one takeaway and one word, it would be convenience. And I will say this as a mother of, you know, three who are now, my kids are older, but when they were younger and we would stay our, I'm going to just say this, if I may, my favorite resort was and is, and always will be the Polynesian, just saying, um, at the end of, the, of a very long day and night after fireworks and my kids were younger, there was nothing better than hopping the monorail back to the Polynesian 
or taking mm. the ferry versus seeing the bus area, you know, at the end of the night. Now that doesn't mean everybody has to stay at the Polynesian. No, not at all. Cause you're still staying on property. But when people ask me why a deluxe resort, it is, there's multiple reasons, but the biggest one is convenience. And yeah, that includes it, that middle of the day sort of break as well. Absolutely. And, and just looking across at nearly every single deluxe resort, they have their own version of that in regards to closeness to one of the parks or Disney Springs or, you know, so it just, it does absolutely go a long way. I grew up going to the Yacht and Beach Club often because my mom loved the convenience of being able to walk over to Epcot. My wife grew up always going to the boardwalk because same sort of deal. And they loved ending their nights after Epcot on the boardwalk. So that convenience is something you you really have to consider when booking a Disney trip. And frankly, it the Disney bubble, as Alyssa said, it absolutely exists. So you want to be able to take advantage of that. So before I jump into the second half of the episode, I want to mention our Mickey blog podcast sponsored, which believe it or not, I know it's going to shock you. It's Mickey travels. Um, <laughs> so obviously ironic because we're talking so much about them today, but I want to go over Mickey travels as I always do. But this episode of the Mickey blog podcast is sponsored and brought to you by Mickey travels and Mickey travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free. So reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation at MickeyTravels.com. That's MickeyTravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time. And I want to jump right back into some specific info and topics all about Mickey Travels and booking trips. But really, I want to start, sort of shift our focus, Alyssa, to 2024 because, you know, for those of you who don't know, May 31st is when that window officially opens for you to book your 2024 Disney trips, which is huge, huge deal, obviously. Um, and as we already talked about, the earlier you get in to book, the better. Um, and that is this week. That's a huge reason why this is so relevant. Wednesday. This episode right now. Yeah, it's Wednesday. So this episode will be out to you guys on a Friday. That means that booking window will have been open for a few days. And frankly, it's a huge reason why we wanted to release this episode this week is so that you are aware of that and aware like, oh man, I got to go home and go book that trip because a don't lot wait. of the things, yeah, don't wait because you're going to want to take advantage of things earlier on. So let's go into 2024 specifically because just a few weeks ago, some pretty major news regarding 2024 was released, Alyssa, uh, and and including in that, um, which we spoke about in a previous episode, was the dining plan, which is officially set to return. No park pass reservations for date-based tickets. You got, you know, some also some benefits going on for annual pass holders and cast members. So can you talk a little bit more about all of that and why 2024 specifically is exciting? Because I have a feeling... Um, you know, you'll be able to especially talk about the dining plan because that's something that, you know, guests have been waiting for and, and wanting news on for quite a long time now. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's it's huge. Um, it's all anybody in our industry is talking about. I shouldn't say all. Let me backtrack that. We're obviously still very excited about the rest of 2023, the summer travel, the fall. So I don't want to I don't want to take away the spotlight from all of that that we just spoke about. But if I can just shift that sort of spotlight over to 24, 
huge announcements. Um, as everybody knows, uh, the dining plans were very, very popular um, up until Disney closed due to COVID. And when they reopened, we were you know, obviously very grateful they reopened, but they reopened without dining plans. Um, and it was, uh, it's all we heard probably from the day that Disney reopened. It was July 11th of 2020 when Walt Disney World reopened. Um, literally up until this announcement, it was a daily question that we would get, when are dining plans coming back? When are dining plans coming back? I want to wait to book until dining plans come back. Or, you know, gosh, you know, they, dining plans were such a help and a convenience for my family. So just first and foremost, um, the fact that dining plans are back and we can, just as an FYI, as Jared said, um, 2024 prices are being released on Wednesday morning. Um, we can book all the way through the end of 2024, which is also really big. So you're talking about a year and a half of being able to book, which is huge. Um, now the dining plans, as far as, just so everybody understands, um, they start January 9th and beyond. So that means that we can book them starting Wednesday, but for packages January 9th and beyond. So I guess to be fair, anyone booking January 1st through the 8th can book, but there won't be dining plans. Um, that's a very <laughs> small window. So I don't think that's the end of the world, right? Um, there actually are going to be two dining plans offered this year, unlike, or to say, being reinstated. Um, whereas if every, anybody, and I'm sure many of you remember, there were three. There used to be quick service, the standard basic dining plan, and deluxe dining. Um, they have not brought back the deluxe dining. I don't know if they will. That's something Disney's going to have to obviously decide. Um, but there is the quick service dining and there is the basic dining. The quick service dining gives you two quick service meals um, and a snack for each person. Uh, for every night that every night of stay for per person. And then the basic dining plan is one sit down, one quick service and one snack per person for every night that you're there. Um, I will say that the basic dining is definitely the most popular of the two that are being offered. Although it is nice, sort of like the resort tiers. It is nice having two tiers of dining plans. If somebody just, if there's a family that is just not into table service and they want to grab and go quick services, dining plans, great for them. Um, but I cannot tell you just from Mickey travels, the excitement from our clients. Oh my gosh. Like they are just like, and they don't want to wait for the exact reasons, Jared, that you said, um, not that there's a limit to how many people can get a dining plan, but they want their favorite resort with the dining plan, with their tickets booked and done, even if they're not going till next summer or not going, you know, till next November, they want to get it booked and they want to get it locked in. Um, the other exciting thing of coming back or I should say going away is no park pass reservations, uh, for date based tickets, which for the most part is everybody. Um, you know, date based tickets are basically what are put into every package. So when people say, does that include me? Pretty much does. Um, so that's going to be really exciting because I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep it real on the pod, right? Cause I think I can. <laughs> was never a fan of park pass reservations. Yeah. And if you are, I'm sorry they're going away. You could just make them fictitiously <laughs> for yourself. <laughs> um, but all joking aside, um, nobody was a fan. Um, and it became more of a hassle. I think all of us understood why park pass reservations were uh, first um, instilled based on um, safety protocol and, and health reasons. 
Um, but obviously we're beyond that. So we're so excited that that is not something that anybody has to worry about or be preoccupied with or let it stand in their way of getting to that park that they want, um, you know, early on. So again, the excitement is real. I will tell you after speaking to many of the Mickey travels agents, they have lots of people waiting. They've been given credit cards already for deposits. <laughs> Hasn't even happened yet. Like two days away, credit cards, permission to hold, uh, you know, reservations. I mean, this is going to be a huge day and not just day. It's going to trickle down to many days, weeks, and months afterwards. Cause this is just so exciting, um, between the dining plans being, you know, reinstated and the no park pass reservations go and park pass reservations going away. It's big stuff. Absolutely. I think, you know, when it comes to these specific stories, it felt like, you know, people, in, at least in not just the Disney planning community, but Disney blogging community, Disney media, any of us who work in this industry, um, felt like these two stories were two stories we're waiting on for quite a while in regards to no reservations and also in regards to, you know, the dining plan. Because I know that what's interesting about the dining plan and and we spoke about it briefly a few weeks ago in one of our episodes is like, you know, having that option for people is, is really amazing because there are certain people who might not utilize it, who might not need to use it, might not, maybe it doesn't fit what they're trying to do with their family and that's perfectly okay. But there's other families who absolutely do. Um, and for the last several years, it wasn't even an option. It wasn't even available. So having that be available is, is huge. And, and so Alyssa, I guess my question for you um, is say I know absolutely nothing about, you know, planning a Disney trip. Say this is my first trip to Walt Disney world. I got a few kids, you know, a family of four or five or whatever, like, can you explain, I guess, the Disney dining plan um, to someone like that who might not understand exactly what it is? Because I know oh, you absolutely. touched about it briefly, but I do want our listeners to, to sort of understand the dining plan a little bit better because we're, we're talking about it as if it's this huge monumental thing that it's coming back, but it hasn't been around for, by the time it comes back, almost four years. So it's like, I do want our, our listeners and our viewers to, to better understand it. Absolutely. I mean, so there is a huge value to the dining plans. Um, you know, one of the things I always, and I kind of say I joke about this, but it's, it's kind of more than a joke. Um, when people are not, and this is, I can only speak prior to 2020 on dining plans because that's all there was. So prior to 2020, and I was doing this for quite a few years, um, you know, I would say comfortably 85 to 90% of my clients um, wanted to add the dining plan on without even question. Um, why is that? That's a large percentage because number one, it is a value. You are actually saving money on food, snacks, beverages while you're at Walt Disney World versus out-of-pocket spending. And Jared, you just said yourself, for the last three plus years or three years like plus, we haven't had a choice. Everything's been out-of-pocket. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, yeah, it hurts the wallet, kind of, uh, you know, it doesn't really feel too good. Um, so you are saving money, number one. The other thing that I always said, and I was just about to say about joking, but everybody has to eat when you're on vacation. You have to eat. I mean, if you're not eating, I mean, I don't know about you, but like 
the food at Disney is like one of my favorite parts of Disney vacation. One of mine, not all. I look forward to the reservations we have and the food that we're going to eat. The food's gotten better and better at Walt Disney World through the years, right? I mean, it used to, I laugh when I think about back in the 70s and 80s and the food was, you know, theme park food. And now they've really, the chefs have just really elevated. Um, but anyway, you have to eat um, and you're going to save money doing it. And then here's the, the other thing that's really, I think a lot of people really like to hear, and I know I did. You're paying for your meals and snacks before you even get on the airplane to come here. You paid yeah. for them. Um, you know, might there be a couple extra here and there? Sure, absolutely. But when your kids want those Mickey Mouse ice cream bars... Or when you want that bottled water because it is hot outside, it's really nice to be able just to use a snack credit that you've already paid for, saved money on, then having to reach into your wallet, grab, you know, most of us don't really carry cash that much anymore, but, you know, take your credit card out, swipe your magic band and actually know it's being, you know, charged versus, oh, you know what? Here, kids, have a Mickey Mouse ice cream bar. It's a snack credit. So it's a value. It's a convenience. And those are the two big reasons that I think people absolutely see um, the desire to want to have a dining plan and are so excited that they're back. Yeah, absolutely. I think also, um, you know, what's important to to remember when it comes to the dining plan specifically for, for people who are planning, because Alyssa did touch upon it briefly about how, you know, the food has only gotten better over the years. I'm not going to spend a second on this podcast uh, talking ill upon any other theme park. I just don't do that. But uh, because, for example, absolutely love Universal Studios, um, and I love attending there, and I even do some work for our partner Universal uh, blog, um, and it's a blast. But, um, you know, Disney, I felt, has always had the upper hand on other theme parks, any other brand you want to think of. I'm not, I'm not even really specifically talking about Universal in this circumstance, really any other theme park. I believe when it comes to food, I, I think Disney's always had really amazing food. Um, you know, their sit down options are amazing. Their, their quick service options have only improved, only gotten better over the years. Some of the, some of my favorite places to eat now are quick service options on Disney property. So I think that really, it does add to your vacation. I mean, I, for example, just very briefly, just to make this more personalized for our audience, Growing up, my family, we always booked a dinner at La Cellier, um in Epcot, the Canada Steakhouse. It's it's It was our favorite place to get a steak. It was like basically one of the things we do at the end of a trip. And it was like, because it's so dark in that room in there, it felt like, okay, like the, the trip's winding down, your day at Epcot's winding down. And we still have great memories of that. It's the same thing with Boma over at um, Animal Kingdom Lodge, another restaurant my family personally absolutely adored. We, So we would almost plan our Disney trips where we would like start off at one of our favorite restaurants or end at one of our favorite restaurants. And it just, it helps make it all more magical really, because you're, you're, you're in it, you know, and you're right from the start before you even get to a park, you got, you got that stuff taken care of. And that's what the dining plan can do for you is it can, it can just make things even more convenient. And really briefly, just to touch upon this too, Alyssa was talking about how, 
you know, you already know that you paid for that. That's a huge reason why people love going on a Disney cruise, for example, is the convenience of like, okay, I can order a Mickey bar whenever I want, or I can go have lunch and it's, it's already a part of things. Like, you know, that can be a thing now for your Walt Disney World trips and your Disney, it, it just makes everything easier for you. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to also say really quick, cause I just thought of something, um, something just as an agent myself and something I think a lot of our Mickey travels agents have felt in the last three years has been people have felt without the dining plans, a little bit nickel and dimed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever speak negatively of Disney, obviously, um, you know, they, they're our partners, um, but they have, and, and, you know, it's just circumstantial, you know, due to health reasons and protocol and, and everything we've been through as a, as a, a work, as a, you know, in the world, um, you know, that's how people have felt. So there've been no dining plans and they felt that way. And I can tell you that I think a lot of that it's, it's going to feel a little bit more as Jared, you were alluding to a little bit more all inclusive, you know, where you've paid for your resort, you've paid for your park tickets, you've paid for your food. Um, yes, you're going to have odds and ends. You're going to have souvenirs. You're going to have extras that you can choose to add on if you want to. Um, but for the most part, it's going to feel a little bit more all inclusive, which I think we've, everyone has always felt that way. And then we lost that the last Mm -hmm. three years and to nobody's fault just wasn't there. And to know that that's back and that we can add those onto packages now and have that convenience, the value, um, I think more than anything, you know, the dining plans are something for the parents more than the kids. Everyone's going to eat regardless of having a dining plan. Um, so now it's about your wallet. It's about saving money. It's about having the convenience. And I will tell you that the excitement for the return of dining plans is like nothing I have seen. People are just literally like, book me now, book me now, book me now. I can tell you this, and this is a good thing. Wednesday and beyond are going to be very busy days for Mickey Travels agents. And I do ask anybody watching this podcast, you know, reach out because we're ready. We're prepared. We're ready. We've been waiting for this day and we're excited. So um, we're, we're, we got it. We got it. Got it ready. (laughs) Absolutely. I think, I think the convenience is a huge factor and, you know, I don't want to keep harping on that, but I really do think that, you know, and I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time, you know, I'm going to try to keep it real. As Alyssa Mm -hmm. said, you want to keep it real in the podcast, but um, you know, one of the biggest complaints I've noticed from guests when it comes to visiting Disney specifically has been how complicated it's gotten over the past several years, you know, and I've speak, I've spoken to many guests uh, who've said the same thing. Um, and I think what makes the dining plan special for so many guests and the fact that that's coming back for 2024 is it makes your trip easier, more, more, less complicated, which I think every guest, every, you know, person planning a trip wants that they want less complicated. Again, it's a huge reason why people like booking those all-inclusive resorts or booking a cruise or anything like that all over the globe. People love doing that because they feel like they just get there and they can enjoy things. And that's, that's wonderful. And this is going to, it's not exactly going to do that for you, but it's going to make your life a lot easier. And one other thing, if I can add, Jared, just real quick, because I know we're, you know, there's a couple other things you want to mention. But I also wanted to say that while we don't have any details, and I wish I could share because we honestly don't, 
Um, there is, uh, there's a lot of talk. So I think this is more than talk. They just haven't really um, firmed it up yet. There is going to be an easier um, way to work with Genie Plus going into 24. Now, again, I don't know what that is. I don't know what the details are. I know that Genie Plus, while it is great and you can go on those great attractions and all that, um, that is that has caused mass confusion for many clients. Um, and even with the having to get up really early and not sure what you're going to get, um, Disney's aware of the fact that this is not the easiest thing they've ever put out. Um, I think the intentions were certainly good, but the execution might not have been perfect. Um, they have owned up to that. And I believe that I know this for a fact that Genie Plus, whatever it looks like, is going to be more user-friendly and more convenient and easier going into 24. So yet another reason, 24 is going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one of the better things I've always loved about Walt Disney, the company, not specifically Walt Disney World or, you know, Disneyland, just the whole company, um, for the most part, I'm not saying they're perfect because they're not, no company is, they usually do a great job at listening to feedback and actually adjusting things over time. And it's not an overnight process, you know, um, for example, we just caught news recently about the Star Cruiser that is closing down, um, you know, and we could do a whole nother episode on that, but the, the, the important thing to realize is like they are not afraid to own up to when they feel like okay this one didn't work but it's okay because we've learned from it and we're going to apply it that those lessons to future projects which not every company does and and there's a lot of pride that goes on with a lot of you know corporate figures and and board members it's not as simple as people can just be like oh just say you're sorry and move on no it's not like that all the time it's more complicated but I do like that Disney literally formally came out, said, hey, we're listening. We know Genie is basically, it needs to be worked on a little bit and we're going to work on it and make it easier, which I think is a really great sign for people. And Alyssa's right. That is something that's going to be implemented into 2024. So the last thing I want to touch upon before this episode uh, wraps up um, is sort of a few of the more exciting things that are coming down the line when it comes to the rest of this year, as well as 2024. Obviously we have, you know, Moana and that attraction coming to Epcot. We have the 100th celebration that is also coming to Epcot later this year. Of course we have the holidays, which everybody loves. Um, you know, whether it's Halloween season at Disney or Christmas season at Disney, which is my personal favorite time of year to visit. Jared and I are both <laughs> Disney, we're both Christmas forward. We we both are big <laughs> Christmas fans. I mean, I love Halloween at Disney, but yeah. we have had discussions with other Mickey blog, um, our Mickey blog team, and not everyone's on the same page, but Jared yeah. and I are, just saying. It's absolutely true. We've had a, there, there's been quite the heated debates in our in our Mickey blog group yeah. chats of team members who who much prefer Halloween season to Christmas season. And yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love myself some Halloween, and I think Disney does an incredible job with that. So touching on that briefly before we uh, go into the rest of it, um, because this is like very exciting, all the stuff coming up. Obviously, Not So Scary has been announced for 2023, and those dates have been released. Um, we expect those bookings to go quickly. So if you are interested in booking one of those, definitely reach out to Mickey Travels, and they can help book that uh, one whatever 
night you want to go um, before they start dropping like flies, as we say, um, because those nights will sell out and sell out quick. People love Not So Scary Halloween Party. And then after that, of course, it's the holiday season, which, again, is is both of ours favorite time of year at Walt Disney World. Um, and I touched upon it already, but you have the new Moana attraction that's coming to Epcot. You have the 100th celebration that's coming to Epcot, which including in that includes the rest of the expansion like Communicore Hall and and everything that's going to be fully opening and, and operational in Epcot, Figment doing a meet and greet at Epcot. And then in 2024 brings us to Tiana's Bayou Adventure, which is very exciting. Um, very excited to have uh, Tiana's come to the Magic Kingdom. Um, one of my favorite animated films and, and I believe guests are going to love that. So there's just so much excitement really when it comes to not just the rest of this year but 2024 as well and what's so great about disney is like when you think they're like when you sit back for a second you think like oh man you know there's really not a lot coming up that's that's when they'll hit you with some major announcement that this is coming on this date and get ready and so you know all i can say is with everything i just said it might sound like less announcements than maybe a year ago when we had all these things on the horizon with Guardians and Tron and all these things coming. It might not seem like a huge stacked roster, but I can assure you there is lots of stuff being planned and worked on right now that quite literally none of us have any any knowledge of. So that's that's what's kind of exciting. But of all the things that I spoke about, is there any of those that sort of excites you the most when it comes to what's coming the rest of 2023 and 2024, Alyssa? I mean, for sure, I would say, um, you know, very excited about Moana. We've just seen that construction, you know, and it's obviously still under construction, seen the progress there. So that's for example, I'm excited for Epcot to take down those walls. Those walls <laughs> feel like they have been around for a long time. I want to Epcot to be reopened and Kind of just, I love it when you can just kind of walk. Yeah, you know, I will say this for anybody who I offend, I apologize. I am thrilled the barges are out of the World Showcase Lagoon. <laughs> we can see all the way across to America and Morocco and Italy. Love that. Um, so no offense to anybody. I know there's a lot of Harmonious fans and I loved Harmonious, just didn't love the barges. So I feel like that is, I feel like that is like this, this really great step into Epcot, you know, I feel like, um, you know, as Epcot is the magic of possibility, I just think Epcot is, you know, we love all of Walt Disney World, but I just think Epcot has just so much possibility. Um, yeah. So we're, I'm really excited about Moana. Um, I will also say, just as you sort of just touched on, you know, we can't forget also, even though they've already opened, but anybody who wants to get to, whether it's 23 or 24, you know, Get here to get on Guardians of the Galaxy and get on Tron because they are both exceptional attractions. Um, I know a lot of people have been on them. Jared and I have been on it. Jared and I actually rode Tron for the first time together. Um, super fun. Jared, I appreciate being your Tron partner <laughs> um, that night. Um, that And it was fun riding at night. Oh, by the way, that's a perfect example of Disney day versus Disney nights. Yeah. I think that's a prime example. Just wanted to throw that in there because Tron at night. Yeah. Like crazy. It's way cooler in my opinion. It really way is. cooler. Right. Um, but you know, there's a lot of things, you know, and I guess the, the last thing, and then I'll let you Jared take it home. The last thing I, I want to say is, you know, something I know you guys have probably heard this, the season of thrills. 
um, which I think can really extend forever, really. Um, and I remember when I first heard that, I was a little confused because I don't think of Disney as thrills. Yes, we have some thrill rides, Guardians, Tron, Everest, Rock and Roller Coaster. Mm. I mean, you can name a, you know, a few of them. Um, you know, um, and I'm not going to name names of other theme parks, but when I think of thrills, I do think of other theme parks. Um, and it actually hit me one time as to what a thrill is. So a thrill is, you know, my, my thought was a thrill is an exciting roller coaster, exciting, you know, and it can be, but a thrill could actually be defined as anything that anybody wants it to be. The thrill of meeting your favorite character, the thrill of staying at your favorite resort that feels like home. And that they welcome you home when you walk in. Um, the thrill of eating at your favorite restaurant. The thrill of walking down Main Street with a Mickey Mouse ice cream bar. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Um, but Disney Thrills is about what you see as thrilling in your life. And the Disney Thrills are now, they have been, they're now, and they're going to continue. And I will tell you, Disney Thrills are going to be exploding in 2024. So like I said, you know, Wednesday's the big day. As Jared said on the very start of the podcast, don't wait. Um, there's a lot of people that are literally credit card in hand ready to get those bookings. Um, so, um, and the, just the last thing I want to say, just because I know this is really, this was all Walt Disney World focused and I love that. But please always remember if anyone is not sure, Mickey Travels can book every Disney destination. So we also book Disneyland. We book a lot of Disney cruises, which we can book into well into 24. We are we have been knocking out of the park with adventures by Disney. Lots of bookings. We actually 2024 released about three weeks ago for adventures by Disney. And of course, one of Jared's and my favorite places, and that would be Elani on the island of Oahu. So please, Hilton Head, Vero Beach, just remember, while this is a very Walt Disney World forward um, podcast, which I loved and I'm so excited about. Mickey Travels can help with every Disney destination well into 24. Absolutely. I think, you know, the real point we always want to hammer home on this podcast is that, you know, if you ever need help planning any sort of Disney destination to reach out to Mickey Travels, um, where they can book your whole trip at no additional costs. And, and if you ever need any Disney related news, um, continue to follow Mickey blog because, you know, that's it again, it, it sort of is supposed to coexist and we're really happy about that partnership. Um, Mickey travels is a huge supporter and a huge partner of Mickey blog. And we're just really grateful that it does coexist the way that it does. So we do hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of the Mickey blog podcast. As I always mention, there are new episodes of this podcast that drop on all platforms every single Friday. So continue to follow along. Um, and support us as you'll get more and more episodes on our YouTube channel. You can watch our episodes. If you'd ever like to see Alyssa in real time, roll her eyes at me. You can see that for yourself. Uh, otherwise you'll just have to imagine it. Um, but if you don't, if you don't prefer to watch our episodes, if you'd rather listen, we are on all audio platforms for the most part. So feel free to check us out. And if you want to continue to support Mickey blog, of course, head over to mickeyblog.com for all your latest on all things Disney, not just the parks. We cover all things Disney. And of course, follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and all of that. So very exciting. And we always appreciate your guys' support. 
So if you enjoyed this episode, of course, give that a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't. And uh, we're going to catch you next time on the next edition of the Mickey Bog Podcast. See you guys later.